shotglassdigital.com. This episode of Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible, your source for all kinds of great audio entertainment. You can get your free 30-day trial right now by heading over to audibletrial.com slash geekout. 30 days at audibletrial.com slash geekout. episode of geek out loud it is a goliverse reads episode as we welcome jeff lane the writer of this paper world and of course our friend bald-headed rod's going to be here we're going to break it all down for you take your calls on this safe your safe place to geek out this is the geek out loud podcast sorry joey Hello, what's happening? How we doing? It's Geek Out Loud. I have power. I got the power. Uh, if you listen to Rock Out Loud, you know that the power situation in my house was touch and go for several days. And uh, yesterday we fired back up. The Goliverse Studios are up and running. And we are doing some Geek Out Loud live at Mixer.com slash Goliverse. And of course, if you're downloading this via the podcast, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. With a big thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, 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 no. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, madam. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, fella. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you. This is your safe place to geek out. My name's Steve Glosson. So glad, so, so very glad to be along with you. I'm so glad to be here with you here tonight now in this moment and i thank you for being here yet again can i say thank you enough i'll tell you what i thank you for is using the amazon links that you find at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com do all of your shopping through amazon.com it helps the shows out tremendously and you guys have been doing uh, so great with that and i say that like you're like a classroom i'm like guys you've been doing a really good job hey guys everyone everyone gather around you're doing a great job. No, seriously, thank you for using those links. It really helps the shows out, and I really appreciate it. Also, at geekoutonline.com, you'll see a link to uh, Entertainment Earth. All kinds of fun toys and geeky stuff there at Entertainment Earth. If you like to do your shopping at Entertainment Earth uh, for some collectibles, uh, hit that link and head that way. That, too, will help out our shows. That's the whole thing. Also, for those of you who support the show directly at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, 
we greatly, greatly appreciate you, and um, I greatly appreciate you because you've saved not only the shows, you saved. I'm just going to be over dramatic and say you saved my life. You know, you really have. This whole past year has been great. You guys have offered stability to being able to do this, and we try to do it as often as possible and have a good time while doing it. And and you guys who support us at Patreon.com/slash/GeekOutLoud are a huge reason that we're still on the air, on the podcasting waves doing this. You're the reason there's a Geek Out Loud and a Mark Out Loud and a Rock Out Loud and a Disney Vault Talk and a Rebel Yell and all these other things. Because if it weren't for you, there wouldn't be. Um, I just, there was no way I could have sustained what was going on. So thank you so much. Our featured supporter this week is Joshua Harris. Joshua brings his body to sub-zero temperatures, freezing himself and using the moisture in the air to create ice to use as a weapon, a transportation device, or just to cool a drink. That's Joshua Harris, our featured supporter at patreon.com slash geekoutloud for this episode, and we thank him so much. Really quickly, before um, before we get into things, I, I have an announcement to make. Um, I want you to know that in, in a couple of weeks, May 26th, uh, we'll be doing it live. May 26th, Geek Out Loud live happening. Uh, Pass the Corn, major Pass the Corn episode. Eric Chernovice will be here, and we're going to be celebrating the 10th anniversary of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. And we're going to do this not only through uh, Arish and mine's discussion, but also through uh, you guys. We're going to be opening the phone lines and taking your calls. Uh, if you want to, um, if you want to, if you want to call in that night and talk some wars, talk some Star Wars, we're opening the phone lines to you to just talk about your favorite moments of Revenge of the Sith, your memories of seeing the movies, that sort of thing. So, uh, definitely, definitely want to have you guys be a part of that. That's going to be happening on May 26th. Next week, we welcome Geek K uh, from uh, Fangirl Blog, and she and I are just going to have a good time diving into the mailbag and talking all things geek and sundry. So um, be ready, man. Two weeks, May 26th. It's going to be, it's going to be happening. So uh, that's that's the announcements, guys. Out of the way at the top of the show. And so now we jump into uh, some emails. Man, we have got some major, major stuff happening in the old Geek Out Loud mailbag. As often happens, we've got a lot. We are backed up in the old mailbag. So uh, I want to, we're, we're going uh, to be clearing out the bag. We're going to jump into some things real big uh, next week with, with Kay and myself. But uh, really looking forward um, to doing that because we've got so much to do. Uh, speaking of our featured supporters we did earlier, Josh Harris, here's an email from him. He says, I know I'm late to the punch here, but I wanted to write in about the Not at Celebration updates, and most notably the new Force Awakens teaser trailer. Simply put, I loved it all. Rebel Season 2 is look uh, looks so good. I don't know what specific part of the trailer I like best, but just knowing Ahsoka is back is super exciting to me. The new Inquisitors look very interesting. I'm really, guess who's back? I need to, oh, I wish I had that 
I need a soundboard where I can just drop in the sounds, boom, 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 because I would have started playing uh, Daniel and Indy's sound that he soundbite that he sent me with Guess Who's Back and all the Ahsoka clips. The new Inquisitors look very interesting. I'm really looking forward to learning more about each character's backstory because I don't feel we got to know each one well enough in the first season. I'm dying to play the new Battlefront. I'm a huge fan of the first two games and cannot wait to see how this version stacks up. From what little we've seen so far, I'm feeling really good about it. At this point, I'm just hoping the prequel trilogy gets equal part in the gameplay. The Episode 7 trailer was just amazing. It was everything I wanted the new trailer to be and more, but somehow, magically, it didn't reveal anything more than it should have. The baddies look awesome. I'm pumped to see Kylo Ren and the Chrome Stormtrooper. Captain Phasma is the name of the Chrome Stormtrooper. Captain Phasma. I think people are going to love the new lightsaber design. I'm also just as excited to find out about Finn and Ray's journey and where it takes them. One last thing that's not related to Star Wars. Here in Ira, the local High V grocery stores, Raffle Crisp cereal is not discontinued, but is kept in regular stock. If you're ever in Iowa, be sure to stop and get some. Oh, well, I, maybe Waffle Crisp is not discontinued. Maybe I need to go to my grocery store and look for Waffle Crisp and see if it's still there. On the cereal front, Star Wars is getting its own cereal, guys. It's going to be just your basic puff cereal with marshmallows. So, you know, sweetened sugar puff cereal with marshmallows. Uh, the boxes are going to obviously end up being collectible. So I will be buying, I'll, I will probably be stocked up on Star Wars cereal in this house as soon as it is available. Uh, <laughs> and then Joshua Harris asked a question about a sometimes caller to the big honking show, our friend Cooter Jones. Is it for real? Or is all a joke? Love the guy. He, doesn't want, he says, I don't mean this to sound insensitive or offensive, but is Cooter Jones for real? The world never knows about Cooter Jones, my friend. The world never knows. Also, uh, Grant Gregory uh, chimed in a couple of weeks ago uh, about some Marvel stuff, and um, I think I read his email. Um, I want to make sure, though, that I give him fair time with, with his point. He had written in about my frustration with Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah, and he ended up kind of agreeing with me. Um, and he was giving some things. Uh, well, here he goes. He says, Comics again. Hey, Steve, at the risk, it's sounding like all I do is argue. But you didn't argue. You kept bringing my point around. He said, I want to ask you about your feelings about what Marvel has been doing with the FF and X-Men, where Marvel has announced they've canceled the Fantastic Four title and they've really been put through the ringer. I don't feel it's as terrible as it seems you do. It's talking about me. I'm the you there and the you do. Um, it seems like we sometimes need these extreme conflicts in our superhero stories so that the characters can really show us in the end how heroic they really are. I would probably agree with you that sometimes it takes them too long, in a publishing sense, for them to find their way back to adventure. Did you read the latest Fantastic Four annual, though? Here comes some spoilers. It was awesome. Seeing Sue Storm charge into Latveria to get her daughter back from Doom, I loved it. Here's the thing about that. She went to Latveria to get her daughter back, and then she went nuts. Um, the whole point of that story was that Sue is not, she's not coming unhinged, but she's definitely, all of her self-doubt and everything has creeped in. There's a, there's a, uh, an evil side of her that came out one time in the comics that she's scared is still there. And, uh, and that whole thing, and, and her daughter refused to go back, remember? And so it's just, you know, here, here's the thing that what I'm really enjoying the Fantastic Four is Ben Grimm's story arc there in prison. That's what I'm digging. And I'm digging that now they're kind of finding out where I'm at anyway now. Uh, right now, currently in Marvel Comics, Secret Wars has hit. And uh, the universe is just going to explode in on itself. Um, 
But where I'm at in reading the Fantastic Four, they finally started deciding that all this stuff was too convenient to happen, that someone's trying to pull them apart from the outside. So, um, so I dig that concept of it. Uh, I, right, I'm not really concerned about the canceling of the Fantastic Four title anymore. That news dropped before all the Secret Wars stuff dropped. So we will see probably at some point a relaunch of that Fantastic Four title. If the movie this summer is very successful, we'll see that relaunch sooner than later. Um, but it still feels like what, it's, what it has felt like to everyone on the outside looking in is that this was a decision made uh, to kind of cut the legs out from under Fox, you know, and, and just little things to take jabs at Fox to try to either get these characters back or make them not as successful so that maybe Fox would come up off them. I don't know. I mean, that's just what it looks like from the outside looking in, which is not to say that that's the truth. You know, the truth may be the Fantastic Four just wasn't selling well and it was time to say goodbye for a little while so that down the road they could relaunch with a new number one and get everyone super hyped about it. Um, he goes on to say, uh, I don't know that Marvel canceled their title, but I don't think that means their characters aren't going to be, or I know that Marvel canceled their title, but I don't think it means their characters aren't going to be in other titles. Well, Reed Richards has been all over the new Avengers for the past two years with the Illuminati and that sort of thing, so... Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to still be around. They're Marvel's first family. They are uh, the world's greatest comic magazine. They're going to be around. As for the X-Men, it seems that someone reported a decrease in X-Books, but I just haven't seen it come to fruition. Marvel is clearly ramping up their Inhuman line, but has there really been a decrease in X-Production? Um, he says, I won't email anymore just to argue. Mostly, I, the, you're, the, you're the, like, the most polite arguer in the world, Grant. You can email and argue anytime you want to. Um he says, I agree with you about the lack of adventure in some cases and the blurring or bending, blending of villains and heroes. Thanks so much for gold. Um, well, thank you for writing in, Grant. And I just wanted to address some of the stuff that you said because it, it really is a situation where Marvel has been ramping up even before we knew it was on the horizon of the Secret Wars thing to what is basically Marvel's version of Crisis and so in the comic books. And so my thing is what is not necessarily let's watch what happens during Civil uh, Secret Wars, but let's see what happens post-Secret Wars. How is the Marvel Universe going to be structured when all the dust has settled? Um, and that's really what where the shakedown's going to matter. And that's how we're going to get Wolverine back. And that's how we're going to get these things back. Um, I never heard anything about X-Men titles being canceled. It was just that Wolverine was killed off. And a lot of people saw that as that same move. Um, I read the Wolverine death story. And it just, I was like, really? This is, I, I don't know. It I wasn't too... I wasn't too taken with it. I don't mean to be over... I, you know, my thing is, on the show, we never want to be overly critical of things, but it just seemed... I don't know. It, it seemed like it was trying too hard to be epic and it, you know, and bring everything full circle in Wolverine's life, and it just... It didn't really come off as... as um, as, as, the, as a great death for Wolverine to me. So we'll see where he comes... We'll see where he comes back or if he comes back, that sort of thing. And, and see what happens with the old Wolverine. But I think it's really going to be interesting once we get to um, the other side. As I said, the other side of Secret Wars in the Marvel comics, I think is where we're going to kind of hopefully see a status quo get kind of put in place and, and, and be able to reboot, redeem these superheroes without having to go through a lot of issues and a lot of trouble. I, I always go back to, I feel like that, creators nowadays want us to be able to engage with the villain so much so that they make us 
overly sympathetic to the villain. And they want us to relate to the hero so much so that they end up making the hero too flawed so that we don't end up liking the hero. And, and it's just kind of this thing of, well, if you'll switch your tactics, then what you'll have is some really awesome stuff. But, um, but I, I, that's, and that's my, own, that's my biggest criticism of what's been going on in Marvel comics. I couldn't tell you about DC because they don't have a cool app like Marvel has to allow me to keep up with what's going on, even if it is a few months late. So uh, we've got a big show tonight. We've got Jeff Lane coming in. We've got uh, our friend Rod coming in, uh, the father of the Goloverse Book Club. Rod is coming in. We're talking This Paper World uh, by by Jeff Lane, who actually uh, wrote, well, if it's by Jeff Lane, he actually wrote it, but he's coming on. He's a he's a member of the Goloverse, the Mixer Zoo crew, so we're going to be bringing him in a little bit. But first, you heard at the top of the show, uh, we have now hooked into Audible. And if you are the one person out there who does not and has not ever used the uh, free trial on Audible, then here's your chance, ladies and gentlemen. Audible uh, is a leading provider provider in all kinds of audio entertainment. You know over 150,000 titles of books to choose from. Uh, they actually jumped into the podcasting game first back in the day with some stuff, and there's just some great stuff out there. A lot of times when uh, we have these books uh, in the book club, I listen to them rather than read them because it's a lot more convenient, and I'm a lazy reader. So... I listen to the books rather than, than listen, and Audible helps me do that. They uh, <clears throat> Month to month, your free credits, and, and when you download a book, man, you not only have, you can get it in any format you want to on, your, on, on, a, on an iPad, iPhone, Kindle, uh, tablet device of your choosing, however you want it, MP3s, you can download it in sections so you can put it on CDs and play that way. If anyone still burns stuff to CDs, I don't know. But the, but the thing is, they're a great service. I've been using them for months. I love audible.com. And uh, if you've never tried it out, I think you'll love it as well. You can get your free 30-day trial right now with no uh, no commitments and uh, no, you know, they're not going to they're not going to say, "Well, now that you're here, you got to be here for 6 months." Um, but it though and a free audiobook of your choice. If I could suggest one to you, it would be the book we're going to be discussing in the book club next month uh, by Kevin Hearn. Heir to the Jedi, Star Wars Heir to the Jedi, a book told from Luke Skywalker's perspective. Here's just a taste of that. ...to do than to waste time putting a bandage on my insecurities. 3PO is with her, no doubt feeling unappreciated for his predictions of imminent doom in over six million forms of communication. That leaves R2 and me free to run an errand for Admiral Akbar. I've been dispatched to Rhodia, in an effort to open a secret supply line to the Alliance. I'm not supposed to call it smuggling. Akbar has serious issues with the very concept. But the truth is, the Alliance can't operate without it. Since the Empire is trying to shut down our lines of supply... Oh, Luke going to Rhodia. What could happen? What could happen on the planet of Rhodia? We've been there before in the Clone Wars. That's my suggestion for you. That way you can be a part of the, uh, the, the conversation next week. That, again, that link is audibletrial.com slash geekout. audibletrial.com slash geekout. Head that way today to get your free 30-day trial. 
Generation Star Wars is speaking up and sharing its story. I'm Andrew Leyland. I'm David Michelini. I'm Tom Panneries. I'm Steve Glosson. I'm Matt Hunsworth. I'm Scott Gardner. I'm Ryan Shaw. I'm Paul Herman. I'm Jimmy Mack. I'm Ryder Waldron. I'm Justin Bulger. I'm Joseph Tavano. I'm John Jackson Miller. I'm Consetta Parker. I'm Steve Sansweet. And this. And this. And this. Is my Star Wars story. Is my Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story. My Star Wars story monthly at mystarwarsstory.com and available in the iTunes store. Hey folks, I'm Jason and I'm Dan and we're here to tell you about our podcast Flicks. Flicks is a podcast that reviews the biggest movies hitting the theaters such as Captain America, Winter Soldier, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Amazing Spider-Man, Godzilla, Dolphin Tale 2. What? No, why would we review Dolphin Tale 2? The first one had Morgan Freeman in it. Morgan Freeman works with Batman. Anyway, we don't only cover the latest, we also cover the greatest. When there isn't a blockbuster hitting the local theater, we're talking about some of our favorites from the past. Movies like The Goonies. Star Wars, featuring Steve Glosson. Gremlins. Terminator. National Lampoon's Vacation. The Last Airbender. Dude, no one liked The Last Airbender. You did. Stop derailing the promo. (sighs) Now, why should you listen to our show out of all the other movie review podcasts out there? Because we really do love the movies we talk about. And because every couple of years, Steve Glosson comes on and talks Star Wars. Seriously, dude. Hey, know your audience. Fair enough. Listen to Flix Podcast, because we know Steve. Hi, my name is Teresa. And my name is Rebecca. Do you like Supergirl? We do, too. And we're super excited to bring you a fan podcast devoted to the upcoming Supergirl TV series on CBS from Greg Berlanti and Ali Adler, starring Melissa Benoist as the Girl of Steel. Check in with us every week for news and discussion about the last daughter of Krypton. Supergirl Radio. Your source for all things Supergirl. Tonight uh, on the Goldiverse, on the Geek Out Loud, on the Goldiverse Book Club, uh, here's the man. He's the father of the book club. Uh, what's up, Rod? What's going on, Steve? How are you, man? Oh, not too bad. I've, I've got my beard all nice and oiled for tonight. How about you? I, uh, I have my beard nice and oiled as well, sir. I actually showered before I started up, so uh, good to have you with us. We're talking This Paper World uh, by this man that we're about to bring in. Uh, man, he's been a member of the Mixler Zoo crew, the Goliverse, for for a long, long time now. And uh, author, writer, I guess it's all the same thing. And narrator. Narrator, yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show our good friend, Jeff Lane. Hey, Jeff. 
Hey, thanks for having me on, Steve. First time, long time. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going down that road, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank, thanks for taking my call. Well, just make sure you turn your radio down. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you were kind enough to provide everyone that wanted one a free copy of This Paper World. Yeah, I'm glad everybody wanted one. That was that was. Definitely. Yeah, like the request kept trickling in, and I think were you getting sick of my emails and and tweets? And Not so, at all. You're like another one. No, Rod will stay on you. He'll act like he's he's kind of needy, um, but he's not. He's <laughs> maybe a little. That's just his Mitch. <laughs> That's I'll just... have to let him know that this offer expires in like 2020, though. Yeah, as... like when they start coming in after that, then we'll have to whoa. Well, as we uh, as we as we speak, uh, that's his gimmick, as we say in the wrestling business. You know, he acts needy so that you feel like you got to do something for him, and uh, and before you know it, you're doing a monthly book club. So, uh, suck him right in. But yeah, Jeff, we definitely wanted to support you and what you're doing. Um, this is this paper world is actually the first in a series of how many books? Right now it's two. Um, the third book is going to be coming out, I think, in 2017. Um, and that's So tell me if this formula sounds familiar or groundbreaking to you. I'm probably going to do an original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go back and do a prequel trilogy. Ooh. And then I'll come out and I'll do, some years later, another trilogy set after the original trilogy. I got gotcha. you. Well, that... I, think, I think that might... It's risky, but it might work. It feels like something they did in G.I. Joe back in the cartoon. That's where I got it from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, was, I knew it was something. Or Jim and the Holograms, if you will. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big influences on my work. Guys, can we... I, I know that we're here to talk this paper world, but I also know that people have wanted to hear me say some other things about some other things that have dropped l- lately. So I just want to really quickly just hit a few bullet points with you guys, some snippets, if you will. Uh, have you seen the Jim and the Holograms trailer? You know, I didn't even know there was one, and then I saw somebody else mention it on Twitter, and I was like, is this a joke? No, it was it's not. not. A, but it it seems it. like a really bad joke when you watch it. Normally, I like to be positive. You guys know me. But I kept waiting for the rock and roll in this movie, and it you know, in this trailer, and it never happened. And then I was like... Where are the where where are the misfits? Where is the fight coming down? Where you know, at nothing. And I'm like, this is not, this is not the gem and the holograms that I knew back in the day. Does she have the earrings at least? She had her face painted pink. Oh, okay. Over her there you eye. go. Yeah. So I didn't want to watch it because I was afraid my wife would see it in my browser history right. and think I was pulling a Bruce Jenner on her or something. I, well, no, I tell you what, it looks like it. It looks like. Uh, History of the Traveling Pants with music thrown in. It's that style. They end. They have a One Direction song playing at the end of the trailer. Sounds awful. Mm. Right up my alley. Sounds like, sounds like I really need to watch it just for... Because I love doing that. The story of my life. I hang out with guys. We sing some old songs. That song that they do. Um, also... Didn't Jem didn't have like a computer that would aid her and her friends or something you know what i got the deal no she had a manager oh that that she was in love with that aided her and her guys but she was it was also like her secret identity she was hannah montana uh before hannah montana you You know know, steve we may have said too much i think 
we all know a little bit too much about Jem and Hannah Montana. But here's the thing. This was... Um, I mean, Is this live action? No, this movie will be live action, yes. But this cartoon was not. This was a huge cartoon in the 80s with, oh, a, I remember it. with a great theme song, guys. I mean, here you go. There's explosions happening here. There's a light show. There's the bad guys. There's her kissing her manager guy. <laughs> Truly outrageous. And they're not singing. I don't know why they're not singing. Well, Sounds like you got the karaoke version. Must have. This is really ticking me off. But, I mean, they, they rocked out. There it is. There we go. And look, I know, I know that, you know, that song is not like, oh, rock and roll, you know. But her look was very much glamour rock, was very much glam rock. Well, I got to be honest with you, it was stolen from the X-Men, that was Dazzler. Um, I think... <laughs> did you know that Dazzler had her own comic in the late 70s, yes, early 80s? Yes, I did know that. Mm-hmm. Have you Have you read it? I have not. Don't. No, uh, they brought her back during the AVX stuff, during the Avengers versus X-Men stuff here recently. Well, I mean, in, in the comic in the 80s, at one point, she took on Galactus. So, Well, all right. Well, listen to her, Dazzler. And then she went on to be a disco star. Yes. Well, Dancing this was during while wow, she was a disco star. That's right. That's right. She had the she had the face paint on. I'm telling you, Jim's just a cheap ripoff of Dazzler. Okay. Well, look, moving and on. You know how I feel about my X Men. So. Yes. Moving on really quickly because okay. there, there's so much yep. more that I know people want me to touch on because I've not gotten any emails about it, which shocks me. Uh, but the Muppets trailer that they released for ABC. Um. Did you guys see that? I did. No. Dude, you hadn't seen this, Jeff? I haven't. I'm going to... Is it a TV thing? What's yes, going on? Yes, they're doing a TV show on ABC this is fall. Is Lady Gaga in it again? No, no, no. This is going to be different than um, than like a variety show. This is almost going to be... It looks to me like... And, and, and Jeff, uh, Rod, correct me if I'm wrong. This looks like it's going to be kind of 30 Rock done with Muppets. Yeah. 30 I... Rock meets The Office done with Muppets. They're doing the old handheld, you know, the one camera thing. I put a link there for you in the chat of the Skype, uh, Jeff. Um, but, uh, I, you know, you definitely need to check this out. It is some funny stuff. Um, complete with Sam, the, well, here, we'll just listen to a little bit of it. Attention. I have some really great news. ABC wants to put on an all-new primetime series starring the Muppets. God bless America and its magnificent broadcasting company. <laughs> I love it. God Perfect. bless America and its magnificent broadcasting company. Um, okay, you sold me. Uh, you had me at 30 Rock meets The Office. Well, and what they're doing is is like they're following the Muppets through their personal lives and that sort of thing. And um, there's one point where Floyd talks about... Um, here. We filmed a series in that crazy handheld documentary style and have cutaways to one-on-one interviews. interviews? That is just a totally overused device to make easy jokes. You know, talking to the camera about how you really feel and then cutting back and saying something completely different. 
I just hate that. I love it. Great device. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of people have hit us up on the email and the Twitter about that, and it looks good. I was hoping for the variety show thing, but everything that's come out, they actually showed the pilot at Upfronts, and everyone that's seen it says it is just great. So Of course. Yeah, the Muppets are, are coming back. Um, so there's that. And then finally today, I believe, uh, it was released. Um, I, uh, I got in touch with my podcasting partner for life, Derek Russell, just to ask him if we may need to just bring shoe back based on the Supergirl trailer. It did look pretty good. Did you, yeah. did, did you see this? I did. did yeah. You, did you I, I did. I even, I even made my wife watch it. Oh, guys, guys, guys. When number one, you get a shirt rip. Yep. Uh, you get uh, you get the but the moment that got me, I told Derek because he was all about the shirt rip, and I told him I said, "What gets me is when her sister's on the other side of the door and she says, the world needs you to fly.'" Mm. Yes, great yes. moment. Oh, so. I like that they're not going the Smallville route as far as you know. Ten years of waiting for him to fly. Right. Now, right. Is now the one thing I'm I'm confused on. Just help me out. Is this in the same universe as the cinematic universe, or is this... I honestly don't know. Because I thought it was going to be in the same universe as what the WB has but right now. But that shot of the dude RCW, reaching his I'm hand sorry. out... That yeah, looked, but then that shot's from the movie. Looks like it's directly from the movie, doesn't it? Yeah. And, so. the, and James Olsen would not... He's clearly not from Smallville. No, no. <laughs> well, no, I. But see, oh, you're I, not saying that WB. So no, no, no. I'm at CW. The I'm CW. About, I know yeah. there was talks about uh, having Arrow crossover because why not? He I think if it, everything. I think if it's going to be in any universe, it's going to be in the the same universe as Arrow and Flash, and the new uh, spinoff show from that that's coming up, the Ray Parker <laughs> and Friends. How would you do that with the cross? Cross network things. Well, yes, I wouldn't. They're, I think they're both Viacom corporations. Okay. Or companies. You know, they're both under the Viacom heading. So, uh, and it's all DC television. You know, I, okay. I, I, so no. I, I guess. No, wait a second. I'm seeing in the chat, D Dylan, you're saying that no, it is no to what? We've been missing, so? Yeah, we've been back and forth on that. That's the thing, is I don't know. I was saying, you know, it, it, it may. Um, Jeff John says no. Oh, talking about the movie stuff crossing over into the TV. Okay, so yeah. this it's more than likely that it's in the same universe. If it is going to be in the same universe, it would be with the TV shows and not the movies. Right. That's what that's what I've been hearing, but I I can't say for sure. If only there was someone in the chat who, um, right? Jeff John says TVs and movies no connections. Right. That is true. That's I mean they've recast everybody from the TV shows and terrible costumes. But anyhow. Um, if only there was someone in the chat who follows all this stuff very closely named Andy that could let us know what was going on. Um, he must be sleeping. He's catching up on all his sleep. Uh, but I, I definitely, um, I, dude, I, I was not sold on this show until I saw that trailer. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, same with me. I mean, the whole bit with the cape was, was cool. I, I, I thought it was great. Yes. It looked good. I will be watching. I will, as will I, as will I. C CBS though has their own thing. They won't. They won't come off of anything and put on Hulu Plus. I don't know. They've got. A, oh, you're you're a cable cutter, aren't you? Cord I cutter. am. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CBS may do. I think they probably, Amazon. They, 
they may have an affiliation with Amazon. Oh, do they? I think so, because Under the Dome was CBS, right? And Mm -hmm. that's on Amazon. Yeah. But it's also a canceled show. No, no, when it was on, oh, it, was it, it was on Amazon simultaneously, like the week after the oh, episodes were you could wa- And you could watch it for free with your Amazon Prime membership? Why, you certainly could. Well, well, all right then. Uh, see, you, could, you could yeah, click through the links on Geek Out Loud to sign up for Amazon Prime. That's right. There you go. All is not lost. <laughs> all is not lost. So. <laughs> Um, oh, Matthew, Marks, Luke, and John says most CBO show, CBS shows are not on Amazon Prime Instance. Well, there goes that. Yeah, you have to get the CBS Everywhere thing, a separate subscription. Of course you do. Of well, CBS, you do. couldn't you throw up some rabbit ears? Well, you know what? This is one of those things where, you know, I've never really watched much on CBS anyway. Uh, so, I will I mean, I will buy the pilot on iTunes, you know, when they come out, and then I'll see if I want to go for the whole season thing then. Because and because it, if it's good enough, it's probably going to be worth paying for. And I think you just go to somebody's house and watch it over there on the pretense of coming to visit. That's a lot easier to do, but I don't have friends that would actually have this on. So <laughs> that's okay. Just go into their living room and be like, uh, "Guys, uh, I'll be out in a second. Guys, we're going to watch Supergirl. Guys, make sure make sure their kids aren't too young to like where they're watching a cartoon and you come in there and change the channel and then the kids are mad." You know, you got to make sure that the kids are old enough that you can get away with changing That's the channel. That's right. Okay. Well, no, you just kick them. If they're small, you just kick them, don't you? Well, I think that works sometimes. I don't know. They're like puppies, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> try and get them through the doorway. Just get, roll up some newspaper. That's right. Just beat them on the nose and say, no. 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 <laughs> no, SpongeBob. All right. Well, we're here to talk. Uh, we're here to talk this paper world written by Jeff Lane, who is our guest tonight. Um, and, and Jeff, you say that you're, you're probably going to do like the three trilogy thing with it, you think? Yeah, that's, that's the plan now. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'll be like 90 by the time I'm finished, but yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Did you set out with that idea in mind or was it like, I'll just write a book and see where it goes? Um, when I first sat down to write it, yeah, it was, it was not even write a book. It was just open up a blank word or Claris works document actually back then and start writing and see where it goes. Um, then as I got sort of got into the story and saw where it was sort of taking me, I, I thought trilogy. And then I thought, Hmm, maybe I could do some prequels and get some backstory on park and, and Reggie and some of those characters. And then I thought, well, prequels, then what comes after prequels? And then, you know, so just sort of went down that road and it's, it, you know, star Wars is a big, big influence on me in general. And, in the book, uh, you know, probably those people that read it saw some similar themes to A New Hope uh, sort of weave through there. So it, it made sense. You know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that there's going to be more Park. I'm a Park fan. Yeah, I thought there's a lot to, a lot to explore there. Now, what do you like about Park, Rod? I don't know. I just kind of like the uh, the wise old man that's still got it in him to... Get a little rough and tumble when he needs to. <laughs> uh, those people scare me. He's not ready to throw in the towel yet. He's... <laughs> those those type of people are always like, I just hope I'm like them when I'm that age. I won't be. <laughs> so, no, I won't either. I'll be like old and broken down. Uh, even if I'm not broken down, I'll be old and lazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll just be on. Get him, kid. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> I am looking forward to being that old man. I need to clarify, old people do not scare me, but tough old people definitely have my utmost respect. 
So, I I love old people. Get along with them great. Um, so, yeah. What? But one day when I, I hope to be an old person one day, because then I'll have a reason to be the grump that I usually am. you'll you'll grow into your grumpiness that's right that's right um jeff what was your process in 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 writing this thing in other words you know when you sat down to write and you had your goal in mind where you wanted to go and that sort of thing how much did the story change throughout your writing process um not a ton during the initial writing It, it actually just sort of flowed and i it took me probably a good 10, 11 months to write the first draft. So I had plenty of time, you know, I'd, you know, sit down and write a thousand, fifteen hundred words in a day. And I had plenty of time at night to think about where the story was going next. And, you know, over the weekend, or if I had to, you know, if I had stuff going on at work and I couldn't write for a few days, it was the, the story was constantly going on in my head. So it just sort of flowed that way afterwards. And I, the, the, the book itself has an interesting journey because I wrote it back in 2000, leading into 2001, did a, a stint of um, sort of editing and, and tried to, to go the traditional publishing route, which back then, as long ago as it doesn't seem, was literally stuffing envelopes. You had to write a letter, then you had to put the letter in an envelope and you had to put a self-addressed stamped envelope in that envelope with your query letter <laughs> to get a response back. And so, you know, that would, that process just took forever. I do like eight at a time and it would take me half a day and then I would get, you know, two responses back and they were both rejections. So that that sort of took the wind out of my sails for several years. Um, I I think I had started, maybe got the eight eight or 9,000 words of my next novel one way done. And then I sort of folded it up and I said, all right, I'm going to go focus on my day job and, at that time, we were, you know, having kids and buying houses and um, sort of going through all of that life stuff. And I didn't pick it back up again until 2009. And uh, it was around that time I was listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, listening to uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles podcast. with You mean Sky Next? Sky Next, you yeah. got it, with Podcasting Partners for Life. And then... One of the hosts on that said, talked sheepishly one day about his show, Geek Out Loud, that no one should listen to. And so I went and listened to that. And uh, Yeah, he should. He really should have plugged himself more than he, he did. He should have. He, was, yeah. he seemed a little hesitant to, but I'm glad he did. Uh, so I was just into podcasting, listening to podcasting. Man, I wish I could podcast. It sounds so cool, but I don't have anything to say. And then I was listening to some audiobooks on podcast and uh, said, Oh wait a second! I've got this old book. So then I then it sort of got a second life, uh, and I did some more editing, more revisions. Um, in fact, um, even after I did a beta version of the podcast in two thousand nine, uh, got you know took all the feedback from people. Um, and the if anybody listened to the audiobook now, they probably listened to the two thousand twelve version. I think it is two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, and that is somewhat different. So. The process when I wrote it was just sort of a natural flow, and then since then it's been shaped and reworked and rebuilt a little bit. Who who did your editing primarily? Like, who was was it? Were you mainly self editing, or did you have someone? Like, did you get with Matt, your brother, and say, "Hey, read this and be honest and 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 clean it up," or or whatever the case may be? Yeah, he read it and he he gave me mostly story advice. He didn't really, you know, correct any of the grammar. 
I had um, a few beta readers along the way. Uh, I really didn't focus too, too much on on editing. I mean, I did a lot of self-editing and went through it several times. And it seems like every time I went through it, I found new stuff. And I thought, how did I miss that? Um, but uh, but when I went to go publish as an ebook, that's when I got serious about getting some of my fans from the podcast who'd offered to do some editing mm-hmm. to go through. So, And I, I guarantee you people will still find mistakes. But believe it or not, that's been through me probably a dozen times and I want to say four beta readers at this point. Right. So <laughs> that's how bad my grammar is that it can well, I, pass and I that don't, gauntlet. I don't mean editing from just a grammar sense, but also sometimes like a story struct a story structure, a sentence structure kind of idea. Um and and just wondering, you know, what what your thought process was on that. Like obviously you said Matt gave you point, you know, ideas and stuff for story. This this from from what I read, it seems like there's a there's a pretty heavy uh, supernatural influence. Uh, the TV show I'm talking about. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things that I find reminiscent of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think anything really. I would say the biggest influences from when I wrote it and then from sort of the editing and reworking process have been Twilight, Star Wars, Star Wars, other Twilight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep, Twilight, Divergent. <laughs> Uh, Gem and the Holograms. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's truly outrageous. Yep. It, that's that's where I got most of it from. Yeah. But no one, um, no one else is the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series. If okay. you haven't read that, it's amazing. Um, and uh, the Highlander was probably the original Whoa. Highlander okay, film, yeah. the only real Highlander film. I actually had that in my notes to ask you about the Highlander rules. Yeah. <laughs> there I was can like, be so, only one. Yeah. Well, the, the whole uh, random birth, you know, and the, they don't normally have offsprings that are spoilers or champions. Right. I was like, I'll, they actually have kids, but, you know, they're not champions. I'll change that for the sequel and all of a sudden make them aliens from another planet. Hmm. That would be amazing. And then you'll, And then you'll go back and do a renegade edition. Where you try to scrub all that out as much as possible. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm tracking. I follow. And but, then you know, you, I, and then I you got, have you a know, whole gotta... series of short stories with someone that's like the main character, but not quite. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's the same short story over and over again for it's nine the, seasons. Right. For nine or, books. For nine volumes. Or maybe <laughs> right. maybe even a cartoon. Hmm. Hmm. Does anybody remember that? Was there a Highlander cartoon? There was. Shut it was like your an mouth. anime type thing? It was awful. It took place in the future, and there were dinosaurs, and the world, it was like in a post-apocalyptic, and it was it was something awful. And instead of killing, the, it was another McLeod, it was a Quentin McLeod, and instead of killing the other immortals, he would hold the sword up, and they would say a ceremony, and then he would get their powers. Oh, well, hold on a you second. Know. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta, I gotta see. Hold on, just a second. You're you're looking for it? Yep. All right. Seven centuries have passed since the Earth plunged into darkness. Seven centuries since the Jeppeter swore to regain for man his lost knowledge and freedom. All the immortals took the oath. All except one, who dominates the world. But soon an immortal will come to confront him. His name is Quentin McLeod. He is the Highlander. Well, it, it. is that okay in this cartoon? Is is that Sean Connery's character that's giving him a sword? 
in this uh, the yeah, intro? Yeah, yeah, that is. Uh, Connor is still alive. Well, no, I'm sorry. Connor got killed. He he was alive in the first episode. And then they. Oh, okay. And then, what about Duncan? Duncan, uh, don't think he was even mentioned. Highlander, the animated series. Uh, it went one season. It was on Netflix for a little while, and I was periodically watching an episode, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. I think even Netflix was like, uh, "We're not going to." We can't. We can't do this. We're the. We're the. We're the. <laughs> We're the platform that brought you Daredevil. Well, I think this was like a, this was a couple of years ago when I found it on there. So I think that was when Netflix was first starting out with their streaming, and then they're like, "Okay, we've got enough money. We don't have to to have this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> well, I I couldn't watch that. I I love the first Highlander. It opens up with uh, the Freebirds coming to the ring. How, how do you not love a little wrestling uh, Freebirds? You better believe it, man. Bad Street, Atlanta. I'm sorry, but we're not here talking about that. We're talking about. <laughs> Talking about Welcome this to the Goldverse Group Club. That's right. This <laughs> is what book club. We just go everywhere. Yeah, the book club goes everywhere. So, so welcome, Jeff. Welcome. Oh, I know. Yeah, I want to bring it back real quick. Uh, Please Steve, do. We're asking about his writing process. Jeff, I've always heard this, and I wanted to know if uh, you experienced this when you were writing, and all of a sudden you had a character that would do something that you know you previously would never have imagined him doing. That did you ever experience where the characters kind of took on a life of their own and did something outside of what you'd originally planned? All the time, yeah, and and I always it's it you know I always heard writers talk about that, and the characters would take them on a journey, or the character would speak to them. I thought, all right, someone's been drinking too so much Kool Aid, but <laughs> <laughs> guys, really guys, you know happen. these people aren't real, right, fellas? <laughs> fellas, you know they they're you're riding it, you're in control. <laughs> but it does happen if if you give the characters true motivations and you try to put them in problems you know in situations that are tough and then you let them think their way out of it or let them sort of interact with each other and let solutions and actions come out of those things then it does sort of surprise you and take on a life of its own hmm. and see that's interesting because i like i'm with you i always heard people say that but i've never actually talked to somebody that's published and to hear that straight from an author's mouth so well, Jeff, uh, we're so glad to have you. Are you willing to take some phone calls tonight about this paper world? Sure, Steve. Yeah, well, I'd love you, to. Well, you have to because that oh, was okay. in the plan. Uh, Part of my deal. contract. If you guys want to call in at this time, it's 912-386-4294. 912-386-4294. If you read the book, uh, we got a caller from the 316 area code calling in. Hello, hello. Hello, it's Matt Marks. What's happening, Matt Marks? How you hello, doing, Matt. man? Hey you guys. How are you doing? Um, I can't quite hear everyone. Maybe it's just cutting one or two of you out. Can you can you hear me? I mean Steve's I can hear the important Steve. All right. Steve's the important one. I mean let's be honest. Could you <laughs> could you hear Rod just then? Yes, yes I did. Jeff, give him a hello. How about hello caller? How are you? Hey Jeff. <laughs> all right. Now we've got it all worked out. Uh, all Matt, right. Matt Marks online. Matt, did you read this paper World? Yes, I did. I liked it a lot. Oh, thanks. What What'd you actually, like? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I actually didn't have any idea what the book was about, just that it was the uh, Goliverse Book Club book. And then, um, I mean, normally I've, I've at, least, at least read the description, um, but since this one was just free for the Goliverse members, I downloaded it and started reading it. And was a little thrown off at first because I went from reading a... Middle Earth and galaxy far, far away, and then all of a sudden we're in the real world. So, 
Um, but yeah, really got drawn in with the uh, the prologue and and Troy Green and the stuff he was doing, and then and then got thrown off again when all of a sudden it's oh, it's just some college kid now. What's, what's he doing? But yeah, uh, yeah that yeah, threw but, me off a little bit. First, I I actually had read a review before I started the book, and so somebody had mentioned that, so I was actually uh, expecting it. And that was a little bit done on purpose. Initially, that prologue was chapter four, and it was supposed to be happening simultaneous with Jim shoveling Park's driveway and going in and and talking to Park and having that first sort of big talk with Park. Um, But that was in the original sort of beta version, and I thought I had sort of the brainstorm one time. If I pulled that out, I didn't try to make it part of the timeline narrative weaving that in, and I made it a prologue, I would do a couple things. One, I would um, show people a, a champion at his prime, so we see see where we're going, or where we could be going, see spoilers as bad as they could be, uh, so we know that, yeah, these are bad guys, and we shouldn't feel bad if our heroes have to go after them. Uh, there's no ambiguity there. And um, I, it was a little bit of a, a rope-a-dope with the Troy character to to get people a little invested in him. Um, little, little trickery going on there, I'll say. Uh-huh. And I, I think it, it kind of makes an interest, it does something interesting where you have kind of a, a tension between, you know, all, all this cool stuff that happened in the prologue and all this, you know, potential, and then, you know, Jim just trying to live his regular life. And so as the reader you want stuff to progress forward. You want him to accept this, this calling and destiny that he has. But then you also are getting to know Jim, and so you understand how he kind of just wants to live his life and doesn't understand it. So it kind of kind of pulls you forward and, and pulls you along, um, kind of having seen the you know, what the story can be instead of just starting it out completely, you know, playing a normal and, and then you finding this stuff out later. So I, I think it's, it's really effective uh, storytelling technique you use there. Oh, good. Thank you very much. I, I'm glad that that worked that way because it, it was a little bit of a slower burn the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, I, I will say I wouldn't mind a uh, Troy standalone novel. I mean, if we're, ta- if, we're if you're taking requests. <laughs> <laughs> an anthology novel? <laughs> I was just going to yeah. say an anthology story, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's uh, funny you say that because I actually had um, I have a little kernel. I don't know if I'm ever going to do it though, but um, to give a little bit more to do an anthology story, if you will, with the, the Chadwick character from the uh, biker bar scene. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I was I was going to tell you too the uh, the chapter where Troy met his demise. You got me. I really thought you were going to get him out of there. I was yeah, like, same here. Uh, and then at the end, I was like. Oh, he didn't make it. <laughs> I was sad. I was like, I really thought with everything he did, I was like, he's going to make it out. And he didn't. And I was sad. <laughs> uh, did you have, was that was that in your plan from the beginning? Yeah, yeah. That one I knew I was going to do because I, I needed to make sure that there were some real stakes for Jim uh, so that, you know, we knew that loss was even with someone as good as Troy, was a real possibility. You people and you're wanting loss to be a real possibility. Why can't we just <laughs> all have like hope at all times? Ben, Ben, Ben Kenobi. 
Well, that's different. Okay. That's different. <laughs> if you strike him down, he becomes more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Uh, well, maybe Troy's going to come back. You never know. Mm. Is Troy going to come back? Well, did Ramirez come back? <laughs> well, well touche. <laughs> so they really are aliens from another world. <laughs> you weren't lying about totally ripping off Highlander. <laughs> oh, Matt, anything else tonight, man? Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, just kind of about Troy. Um, did you do that? Uh, you were talking about doing it to you know show that there's loss and fakes and things, but um, how much of that, too, was to kind of show the consequences of um of jim's actions yeah well yeah that too i mean we have jim in in the consequences of jim's actions and his dealing with that isn't over i don't know how many people have read uh the second book yet but that that has a life that continues on um but yeah that was part of it too that you know jim's got a understand that what he what he does or doesn't do is going to end up you know getting people killed if he's not careful mm-hmm. and that's a good life lesson for all of us what you do or don't do is going to get people killed guys. exactly every day <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah i think i was reading in some of the comments on the uh, goodreads site and people were like man Really screwed the pooch on that uh, list, <laughs> and he, you know, he had a lot of, a lot of goodwill he needed to build back up. I think. Mm. Well, I see that a lot in in comments and in reviews and stuff. People get so mad at Jim, they get really frustrated with him. Um, and good thing there's some redemption for him, but I think I think that really rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, I was pretty into the story, so I actually went and started that post something like spoilers for chapter nine or something. Cause I was, I was not happy yep. with Jim. <laughs> I think I was like, I was a little upset too at the time. Come on, man, <laughs> burn the list. Have you never seen a James Bond movie? <laughs> That's right. Well, park should have had itself destruction. I know. Mm. So part of it is on park, I guess. Mm. <laughs> well, um, actually I had another question about, um, Eric, um, and his, kind of darker past was that something that you had planned when you first introduced the character or did it kind of come to you at later on in the story as you were writing it or or how that come about that's a great question that was an organic piece um i initially wanted i was going to do something with eric where he was um either a spoiler or was part of the spoilers group uh because i was trying to think why why would he go along with jim this is seems out of character and doesn't seem realistic. And then as a, and so I started writing him that way. And then I thought, well, this is too obvious. This is dumb. This is, people are going to see this from a mile away. So I decided to keep it that way. So people would see it coming from a mile away. Um, and I get a lot of comments about that as people are reading it, they'll tweet me and is Eric Wesley's son? Is he, you know, um, I didn't think that. And so it, so that was another sort of rope-a-dope, but then I realized I did have to give him some motivation. Why Why is he putting his life at risk for Jim? Yeah, see, I, I did think that he was Wesley's son. I fully expected that and was surprised. I actually really liked Eric's character throughout the book, and I wanted to thank you for not killing him. Because I was like, please don't have him die like jumping in front of Jim at some point. Uh. <laughs> Stop a bullet. <laughs> so I was really happy that he walked out of the novel. Oh, good. I, I was trying to avoid the cliche wherever I could because that's 
you know, when and I think probably, you know, listening to like Geek Out Loud all those years when people are breaking down things and you know, we've we've seen so many things a million times that I I wanted to set up a couple scenarios where we thought we were seeing that thing again and then not have it happen. Well, there's been two now that we've already discussed that you got me with Troy and Eric. Well, three <laughs> if you count because I I did think that Eric was Wesley's son. I, he kept talking about his rich dad and they were going and I'm like he's gonna walk in and it's gonna be Dad. What are you doing here? And <laughs> I was wrong again. I'm just as human as the next shook, guy. I shook my fist in the air. Curse you, Jeff Wade. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, man. The thing I thought was coming was uh, was Reggie because I knew that he was kind of you know a couple steps behind and trying to figure out what was going on, and then was going to go check on Jim. And I actually was thinking, okay, he's going to come in at the last second and save the day here in the, the skyscraper here and. He's going to bust in and everything's okay because he's coming in. And then he kept going. And I was like, well, how many days have passed? How fast could he get to here? And then he'd have to fly up here. And he ends up showing up, but, but not, uh, not for the actual battle. Too, too little, too late, but maybe we haven't seen the last of Reggie. Hmm. Reggie! <laughs> Reggie! <Yeah. laughs> he's, he's a good friend of Edna. Yes, indeed. Well, everyone is. Edna is a friend to us all. Well, Matt, thanks for calling in, my friend. Thanks, yeah, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I loved your, loved your comments on the thread, too. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, all yeah. the kind words. All yeah, right. Thank you. I'll be checking out the, the second one here. Awesome. Ooh, awesome. Well, have a good one, Matt. We appreciate you, brother. All right. You too. Bye. See ya. That's Matt. That's Matt Marks, also known as Matt Marks, Luke, and John on the. Uh, on the old Goliverse uh, Mixler Zoo crew. Hey, we're going to bring Wendy Cooper in. Hello, Wendy. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Wendy. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Turn your radio down. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Steve. Steve, I stole your wine. I'm sorry. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> was it really too loud? No, uh-uh, I couldn't hear it. <laughs> I was going to say, wait a minute. I, I just well, because it was too loud in my earbuds. It was like blowing my earballs out. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, no, you don't want to blow your earballs out at all. <laughs> what are Wendy? What are earballs? You know, they're like earbuds. Ear, you know, the things in your ears. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you said rattle it was, around a little bit. Yeah. You said it was blowing your earballs out. I'm like, I didn't. What are earballs? You know, I, I have this hard problem with uh, the slang that we talk in my house mm -hmm. comes out in public, and I embarrass myself all the time because I say things, you know, that we talk about at home mm -hmm. and. Yeah. Yeah. That. Well, it's fine. Listen, it's fine. I just was making sure that I wasn't missing out on some body part that I didn't know I had. <laughs> some new body part. I knew. I, stuff up. I know about eardrums, but I didn't know about earballs, and so I just wanted, you know, I, I maybe you need to get those seen about. Yeah, Wendy, well. I thought we discussed this. Steve had his earballs removed at a young age, and we weren't oh, really mentioning it. And... I'm so embarrassed. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed by my lack of earballs. No, you've made it awkward. <laughs> so I was born without earballs, and uh, <laughs> it's made life really hard. Uh, so. <laughs> it's a non-southern thing, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wendy, did you read uh, this paper world? Well, actually, I didn't read it. I listened to it. Okay. I did buy the book, though, Jeff, because that's just what I do. Oh, thank oh, you. Jeff Lane's part of the Goldverse. I better buy this book because that's just what I do. Um, but then when I saw that it was when you posted the link for the <laughs> podcast, well, I'm all into listening as well because, you know, I don't have to sit still, which is, you know. 
Cool. It, it, it's hard to sit still when you get earballs. They just they they make you want to get up. And move. <laughs> Does something to your equilibrium. Oh, yeah, it just makes oh. you want to get up and move. Yeah. Gotta gotta move, gotta move because of the Oh my god! So Rod, you're not gonna let me forget that now, are you? None might. None of us will, Wendy. None of us will. <laughs> and see, and that totally ruined it because I had this perfect bit I was gonna do. No, oh, well, we can start over. It's Wendy. Hey, Wendy. Um, <laughs> So, Mr. Lane, remember that part in that book that you wrote? Uh, <laughs> you know where the bikers came in? Oh, why, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. And kick their butt. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Wendy Cooper show. <laughs> she, she picked up where Chris Farley left off. <laughs> Uh, I was going to uh, to uh, co-opt a stage when I'm down at Disney for Star Wars Weekends in a few weeks and do the uh, do the Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze sketch, J- Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio and I. <laughs> that would go viral. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's one of the funniest things on their own. I don't know how could you top that. Oh, you can't. You can't. You just do. You pay homage. Is what you do. You what you do to to really bring Star Wars into it, Steve, is paint the Death Star on your belly. That's right. And That's then right. do it. That well, yeah. I, done. Done. <laughs> well, let's talk this paper world, Wendy. What do you think overall of the book? I liked it. Good. I liked it a lot. Um, I do have a question though for Jeff. Well, every, um, everyone does. I know. How many books have you written? I mean, where does and where does this fall in that line? So, I have written a, I've written three novels, one novella and ten-ish short stories. Um, this is my first novel and actually my first writing as an adult. It was my first sort of step into creative writing. Um, so, and I, so if it, if there are pieces and parts that that you aren't down with. Um, I get a lot of comments that my writing has progressed a lot as you as you sort of go through my book. So well, as I was reading it, it's like, or as I was listening, it's like, okay. And I saw some of the comments about it being clunky, and I thought clunky. Yeah, I guess in places, but as a whole, I thought it was pretty smooth. Oh, and thank I, you. And I'm thinking, well, I'm pretty excited to get into the other ones because I do like to watch authors progress. Cool. So. Well, hopefully you see that progression. <laughs> if it's going the other way, let me know because yeah. I just need to hang it up. Oh my gosh, this is a stinker! Gosh, <laughs> learn the English language. Oh, we, and we got to be nice to him because he's part of the Goliverse. I know. <laughs> Don't pull any punches, guys. <laughs> well, and that's that's why I asked earlier about the editing situation because there are a few times I didn't re- I didn't get through the whole thing, Jeff. Not I, I just want to put that out there. Uh, and I was listening to the podcast, and I just I, I got distracted here and there a lot of times. Um, and not because I didn't like it, just because I didn't get through the whole thing. I will, buddy. Um, but uh, but there was a couple of times where there were just a few sentences that one would follow the other, and they basically said the same thing. And and I was thinking, I wonder if he got anyone to really just kind of from the from a story structure and from a sentence structure standpoint edit this because the grammar seemed right on in the spoken word. But uh, <laughs> and and that's where and that's where you just learn as you're moving as you I think it's the same thing in podcasting or anything you do that as you move forward in it and continue to do it you just naturally get better and you that's naturally learn those things yeah, yeah. I'm hoping and, and I think doing the audio helps too because sometimes you don't see that 
but you hear it as right. it's coming out of your mouth. Yep. So I, I, I think I've tightened up my writing Good. a little bit since, since then. I have heard that that's how you improve your writing style, is that if you can read it and it sounds like a conversation or whatever, that you know, you're, doing, you're doing okay. You pick up on a lot, and it's actually my uh, one of my last rounds of editing before I either start getting it out to to well, actually, I get it out to beta readers first, then I'll then I'll read, I'll do the narration, and it's you pick up on things that you know a lot of re- repetition of words, you know, where you've said you know the same word a couple times in a short space, and you may not notice it on paper, but when you hear it coming out of your mouth, you're like, huh, it's right. time to pull out Mr. Thesaurus, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Thesaurus. Okay, that's. So, so anyway, I just wanted to put that out there that I, I really, I could kind of feel that it, you were a new author, but yet at the same time, I'm, you did a good job. And I'm really excited to read the next one and the next one because, you know, oh. hopefully, like you said, hopefully the craft will improve as you go. Yeah, because you get- suck now, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> it can only get up from air. <laughs> You're killing my earballs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Oh my gosh, I bet my face is red right now. I don't know why we started dogging on Wendy when she came on the show. Hey everyone, feel free to I'm call not in. Dogs in. Oh my gosh. Yeah, feel free to call in. We'll give you a hard time yeah. too. That's hey Wendy. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to bail you out here. Okay. I actually okay. I actually put some questions up on the goal on the I, uh, Goodreads. Did you get I, a chance to? I did. I I even wrote them down because I was so embarrassed last time I called in because I couldn't remember I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember any answers to any questions. So I actually wrote them down. So nice. much. Well, <laughs> so well, I know what you, I'm talking about this time. You're ready to go. So, well, I'm so ready how do you to feel go. About, how do you feel about number seven? About number seven? <laughs> did, you, did you write down the questions? I, I didn't write down the questions. Jeez, I have I no. Go. The answer go. is no. <laughs> so I don't know what the Wow. What? Now, wait a minute. What's Okay, no? so we're playing Jeopardy. That's fine. <laughs> What's question number seven? Question number seven is, did you feel that Parker was too trusting of Jim and the fact okay. that he would be a champion by giving I, him the list before he'd chosen a side? I don't think so. Because um, Park sounds like he's been around the block a couple times. He kind of has done this before. He knows the kids, so he must have seen something there that he must have seen something there that he could trust. I mean, you just don't go randomly trusting folks. But yet he's also been, it sounds like to me, is that he's been a recruiter before and that he's done this many times. And I just don't think, now I don't think he expected the list to fall into the wrong hands and all that. But, you know, we always have things that we don't expect, but I don't think he misplaced his trust. He just needed something to, the kid just needed something to move him in the right direction. And, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's what it took. (laughs) (laughs) how about number four? Number four. We're, we're doing Jeopardy rules, so I'm going to make you an answer, and then I'll give you the question. Was Okay, was this about, uh, was Troy a hero or not a hero? Is that oh, what Oh, wow. Yeah, look at you, Wendy. <laughs> ding, Man, ding, she's ding, getting ding. good. Yeah. Okay, she think, did read this. I did read this. I told you I'm prepared. I think uh, Troy was who he needed to be. Um, he's a champion, but he, he's who he needed to be. And evil is yucky. And as you're out with it, you're probably going to get some on you. And so, <laughs> you know, I don't think that doesn't make you not a hero, but maybe a dirty hero. A little anti-hero-ish. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all have our flaws, and heroes are no, chan- no, no 
nothing different from that. But um, I didn't really find that he had, I didn't really consider him, I didn't think there was even an option. He, I thought he was a hero. He might have been a little bit arrogant, egotistical maybe, because he just went out thinking that he could well, do he al- but, um He yeah. almost did. Yeah, but he didn't make it out. Oh, my gosh. Jesse, Jesse Rice in the chat says that needs to be a T-shirt. Evil is yucky. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I get the royalties on it, man. <laughs> and on the back it says sometimes you get some on you. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a pretty good shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wash that mess off. <laughs> Between that and earballs, holy cow! Yeah, well, you you talked about how everyone's flawed, and I just want to say, yeah, I was born without earballs, so (laughs) you know, we all. You're right. We all. No one holds it against you, Steve. That's right. Well, um, you want to cast any? Well, if you're gonna pick two characters and cast them for a movie. See, this was kind of... I have a whole list of them. Oh well, go for it then. Let's hear your cast. I would put Jim. I would make that Zach Zach Efron. Ooh. Because he's pretty. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty. He's pretty. Um, Apparently I've, easy on the earballs. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. No, he's easy on the eyeballs. Just take your yeah. Just take your shirt off, baby. That's all right. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Wendy, this is a family show. Yes. You know what? And the sad thing is, is that it's gross because he's young enough to be my son. So mm, that's gross. You know, yeah. we'll just... Okay, move on. Move it was on. it wasn't gross until you said so that. I just said right. that. Yeah. It's really gross to me because it's, it's just gross. Okay, well, evil evil is yucky. Evil is yucky, and I got it all over me right now. Okay, and I would. <laughs> well, just keep on, Wendy. Just go. Go ahead. Continue on with Jonah your cast. Hill, as Eric. Who is this? Jonah Hill. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. Uh, is this is this Jonah Hill lost weight? Jonah Hill or big Jonah Hill? Um, I think it'd it have to be lost weight, Jonah yeah. Hill. Yeah. Because he was kind of described as not overweight, but not fit. Yeah. A little soft. <laughs> Wendy's little PG-13. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, and then I think uh, Park, I don't know if you know the guy. His name is James Morrison, and he was on uh, Space Above and Beyond. Do you remember that way back in the 80s or the 90s? No. Um, yeah, get your IMDb out. Um, yeah, I was going to say, cue the music, Steve. Um, He's, he plays bit parts in a lot of different series, and I see him every now and again. But he's he's kind of you can't really tell how old he is. You know, he's Let got me hair. <laughs> What's his name? James Morrison. Not James to be Morrison. not to be confused with Jim Morrison of the yes. Doors. Yeah. From from Twenty Four. I think he was on Twenty Four as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can't really tell how old he is, but you still get the wisdom feeling from him, and you still get the B.A. feeling from him, you know, that he could kick your butt any moment, you know? Says so, here he's oh, a, yeah. I'm mm. seeing him now, yeah. yeah. Says he's a playwright, poet, singer-songwriter, and a yoga teacher. Well, there you go. He's got, <laughs> well, there we go. He's got Born, some flexibility, what, so there you go. <laughs> that's Born, what Park was really teaching Jim in the barns, some his, yoga. Yes, yoga. Born in Utah and a product of Alaska. There you go. Yeah. Began okay. his acting career as a clown and wire walker for the Carson and Barnes Wild Animal Circus. I think we need to have this guy. That's in this crazy. Movie. You got to have exactly. him. Yeah. It's getting more and more perfect all the time. <laughs> okay. And for Reggie, I would put Tom Selleck in there. Current day, present day Tom Selleck? Maybe 10 years ago, Tom Selleck. 
because now he's looking kind of yeah. old. With a mustache, for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls up in a Ferrari. At the end. Tom yeah, we don't want, we don't want Magnum, Magnum Tom Selleck, because that's too young. Yeah, Tom Selleck without a mustache has always weirded me out. Yeah, he's kind of strange without a mustache. Yeah. So. But um, I don't recall. I don't recall seeing him without a mustache. So I don't know. And he then did of one course, movie with uh, I think he did a movie with Kevin Klein, right? And he sh- oh, and yes, his mustache right. in and out. Yeah, looked weird. Yeah, he might have been. He did some. Didn't he do some episodes of Friends without his mustache? Thank you. Know. All right, <laughs> moving on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Move on. Okay. So anyway, um, who's the top spoiler? Who's that guy's name? Wesley. Wesley. Okay, so I was thinking um, you can look up Jason Isaacs because he's got a steely eye look. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, another guy called Lance Henriksen. Oh, he's I know Lance hard cause I had to look them up because it's like, who's that guy? I don't even know that. I don't even know what movies he's playing. All I know is that I don't like him as a, as a character. Yeah, Jason Isaacs would be good. He's, he's yeah. uh, you know, of course... Um, the Inquisitor, the voice of the Inquisitor from Star Wars oh, Rebels. Yeah, and uh, he was Malfoy on uh, on Harry Potter. The Harry oh, Potter. Well, I yeah. I've only seen part of one Harry Potter movie. I'm I'm, be- I'm behind. Well, by God. I, know. I just remember him as the bad guy from The Patriot. Yes, yep. he was the oh, bad guy yeah. from The Patriot. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's kind of got that steely eye look, and whoever you have in there would have to look like he could be a CEO of a corporation, and I think he would fit that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course... One of your spoilers, I don't know who, which one, but I think you got to have Billy Dirt, uh, Drago, D-R-A-G-O. He always plays Weasley, Stinky, I have no idea who that nasty. is. Billy Drago. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't yeah. you think he'd be a good spoiler? Yeah. Is Yeah. I hadn't seen it's, him in anything in a while. I haven't either. I don't even... <laughs> he may... I don't know what he is doing now, but, you know. He's got... He's going to be in something in a movie in 2016. So, he was in anyway. Tremors Four, so anybody, any friend of Tremors Four is a friend of mine. Friend of I've mine. I've never even seen Tremors Four. I liked Tremors though. I thought it was funny in a strange way. I've never seen Tremors. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon, man. I know. It's, You've never seen the that. original Tremors. Oh my god! What did I just? The dad say? from um, the dad from what was the uh, Michael J. Fox sitcom Family Ties? The dad from Family Ties in it, Michael Gross. Yeah. And it had uh, Reba McIntyre in it. And yes. She, you know. <laughs> Here, here's Gun your one chance, fancy. Don't let me down. His <laughs> dent and mama. I mean, it was it was so ridiculous, but yet it was kind of funny and kind of gave you a little bit of a jump every once in a while, and it was uh, it was fun. <laughs> nice. Well, so. Wendy, thank you for the T-shirt idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have written it down. Okay, I'll buy one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all your awesome comments, Wendy. It's, okay. Well, you, you power know, me through. Maybe we, so I'll be a cheerleader for you anytime because I'm, I'm kind of like that. So Awesome. Thank maybe, you. Maybe we could talk to Audible about getting uh, T-shirts made. Pipe the book straight to your uh, ear balls. <laughs> your ear balls, yeah. Coming right at your ear balls. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So that will be my sign-off now. Remember, you will don't get it any on you. That's right. All right, Wendy. Thanks so much. Right. Thanks, Talk to you soon. Winnie Cooper calling in from out in the high desert. Glad to have her. I think Jesse had had a question on the uh, on the chat there. She asked how many um, beta readers I have, and I think I've got three. I've got two that are like 
my my people. They they really helped me out. And then I've got a few other people that have uh, offered or uh, have read it. So now, where do you find beta readers? Uh, they're just my my listeners, my readers. Okay. They I sort of uh, strike up conversations with them on on the twitters uh, or places like that. And and uh, as I get to know them and they they offer suggestions, I say, hey, you want a sneak peek at the next book and. I toss it over to them, and they give me great feedback, and nice. find all my stupid typos. And all right, well, all that stuff. We got uh, we got someone from the six one eight calling in. Who's this? Hey, Steve, it's Sarah. Hey, Sarah, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just listening to your show, Rod. How's it going? Not too bad, Sarah. How you doing? Magnificent, magnificent. Jeff, how's it going with you? Hey, Sarah, I'm doing great. Super. I'm about to ruin that. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Go for it. I can take it. Sarah will. Sarah will get in your face about stuff, even if you don't know her. But with love, it's all done out of love and friendship. Um, I really like the the story of it. Um, I think the fact that it was your first book, like Wendy said, it does show a little bit. But really, it was more the fact that you killed off Troy, mm. you jerk. You Seriously, jerk. <laughs> I was well on my way. To a literary crush on him, and the dadgum boy dies. I, I had to walk away from that one. Mm. It was a good two days before I could pick it back up. Wow. Uh, wow. I know. Yeah. I know. But I'm I think sorry. Troy, actually, the character of Troy ended up being um, Eric kind of at the end. Because I really thought Troy was going to be the one that went on this hero's journey with him, with Jim. And uh, he kind of did a switcheroo there. So kudos on that. Oh, good. Um, so... I, mean, I get a lot of that's. I seem to get the most comments and uh, venom about about what I did to Troy. So I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> is, is it, you know, I'm, I'm going to survive. I think. Is it a mark of good storytelling though when you're upset that a character dies? Well, I think it has to be. I well, think so. I think that reading should be a journey, should be an experience, and so I mean, on that point, you definitely made it. Um, my other. Just feedback was the fact that Jim, so many times he came out as wishy-washy, at least to my point of view. And I think it was just the fact that there was just way too much passive voice used in it. Because I'm like, on one moment, he's like, yeah, maybe I should go clean my gun. And then on the other hand, he's like, no, but I'm going to walk on the pool. But I have this feeling I'm really going to need my gun. Ah, forget it. I'm going to go walk on the pool. I'm like, dude, <laughs> make a decision. Look, you're the chicken hero. Be heroic. But... Um, <laughs> Having said that, like I said, I think that the the story was really good. I love the idea of the spoilers kind of being uh, like these energy vampires. And, uh, of course, who doesn't love Park? I'm with Rod on that one. He's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, really want more Park. And I, yeah. And I'm excited to see the sequel because I really want to see what you do with him. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I, really, I hope that Jim is one of those characters that – um, you know, you you see him change over time. I didn't want to bring him. You know, he had to have some sort of redemption in in this book, but uh, he's not done growing as a person. So hopefully, we we get to see more progression of Jim. Absolutely. Well, and towards the end of the book, it really does come across as okay. Now I'm a man, whereas before I was kind of like this wimpy little teenager. Um, so kudos on that. But oh, thanks. Otherwise, I like I like. Story. 
I'm really disappointed that you never used the term spoiler alert at all during the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, missed opportunity. Missed I feel opportunity. weird saying it now when I talk about the books because... Spoiler alert. Um, it, it, spoiler alert. Like, they're coming. They're coming! <laughs> Whenever people it's, talk it's, about it's Troy, so I always feel like... For it. <laughs> it, it fits in so many categories. Don't talk about Troy because spoiler alert, but literally spoiler alert. Like you're coming <laughs> <Seriously>. for. <him. laughs> okay, well see, this, see if you can work it into you know a sequel or something. Sarah, it's I've... funny. I will have to because when I wrote I wrote that initially in like 2000 2001. So I don't know if that phrase was in vogue then. Oh. Um, also, other things that were not in vogue were cell phones and other things that and uh, terrorist attacks on uh, you know on World Trade Centers. So there was a lot that I had to go back and sort of modernize, even over the last you know fifteen years. So uh, so much of our world has changed. And then the second book, which I just wrote, uh, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Um, is that right? No, two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen. Yeah. So just just put it out. No, two thousand thirteen, two thousand. Make up just your mind, out. Jeff. Make up your I mind. Don't. Time is going away from me. But I just put it out in December. So that one, it's funny because I'm writing it now in the modern world, and I've got different characters and different sort of uh, cultural touchstones. So, you know, I even almost, I almost, but I didn't do it, um, put one character humming that Katy Perry song about the eye of the tiger because I am a champion. Uh, I said, no, I, I'm not going to go that far. Stop, stop. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I get a kick out of that when I read it when it's a book that's new. But then when it's dated, I'm like, oh, that kind of dates the book. So it's kind of one of those. It's it's good to do something like that for like about the first year, and then after that, it's kind of loses itself in the book. Well, exactly. You read you read a Stephen King book from the '80s, and you know it's the '80s. Yeah, that he was coked out of his mind in front of a typewriter listening to the radio. <laughs> All work and no play. Uh, hey, Sarah, I have a couple of personal things to to get into with you really quickly before you Uh-oh. let you go. We're going to air it all out oh, right man. here on Geek Out Loud. Yes. Number one has. Where's, where's my diet dew? That's yeah, number that's one. number one. Has the diet dew ski been delivered to Rod? Um, listen, there is a very. Um, yeah, no. Actually, okay. No. All right. I have nothing. No. All right. Good. No. Um, I'm gonna work on I have it. nothing. Second. <laughs> second of all, you came into the restaurant a second time and like did not send word. Hey, tell Steve to come out and say hello. You were working, Steve. You were in the kitchen creating these culinary masterpieces, and who am I to disrupt your flow? I mean, it, it's always nice to meet a listener is all I'm saying. Next time for sure, but I, I was there kind of in a professional capacity, and it just felt awkward. And oh, Okay. Um, but uh, Deborah's awesome. You should definitely keep her around. Well, Love she, her. Yeah, we, she's our favorite member of the family ever since she married in. So. <laughs> she did a good job. <laughs> well, and so just so everyone will know that I do actually cook food, and Sarah has been to the restaurant wherein I cook. Yeah, it's it was... true. It's true. I was very impressed because it is a small town, so I was not expecting very much. And uh, for those of you who don't know, this is my job. I actually go to restaurants and I eat food, and so I'm not easily impressed, but... You did a good job. Well, thank you. Thank you. How are the mushrooms? I need your job. No, I was just thinking the same thing. Well, you can't have it as mine. I will say one thing, though. I mean, you're supposed to be a food critic, and turkey bacon is not bacon, Sarah. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace different food groups. Embrace different food groups. That's not a food group. That's like fake food. That's like plastic. 
Yeah, I mean, I embrace. Well, it. yes. There's there's hamburger. There's there's pizza. There's chili cheese dogs. I mean, there's mm, all kinds of foods. All of it sounding very tasty but right now. I don't like turkey bacon at the exclusion of pork bacon. I just you know I like it depends on the time. So I, I need I need to ask one more thing. I, I know you guys ordered the fried mushrooms when you were in. What did you think of those? I like them. Good. I really did. They were nice and crisp. They weren't soggy. The dipping sauce was pretty good. Good. Nice presentation. Great, great. Well, those are all, those were made, literally hand-battered and made, like, as you ordered them. And I could tell. I could tell. Of course, you know, the whole time I was eating them, I remembered the last book club episode that we did where you talked about your fry daddy. And I was like, I bet he made these in the fry daddy. I sure did. I sure did. That's all we got. And then I also had the the cheesy potatoes, which were on special that day. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if they were Martian potatoes. Like, did you make them in a greenhouse? They were definitely, we definitely could uh, do a Mars. We should have, we should have had that recipe on the, the whole Martian episode with potatoes. Yeah, a whole themed recipe menu, yeah. Adam. Yeah. I like well. it. Call me when you do it. I'll come back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Sarah. Appreciate you calling in tonight. Oh, we're not going to ask her any questions? Oh, sorry. Rod has no, we're, we're going to put her on the spot. Okay. She's going to answer some questions. Rod's going to put you on the spot. Let's just talk about food. I'm better at that. You're, what? Did you not read the book? No, is, I did. I actually read right, the book. The, I bought it, Jeff. I bought it. So there you oh, go. Oh, thank you. Yes, and I also listened to your audio book, so I got it both ways. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> and, and Jeff, before we get into all of this, like, really, kudos to you for not only writing it, but getting it published. Because that's not an easy thing to do. Coming up with the whole story, writing it all out, even though there were certain parts of it that grammatically I didn't like, overall, really good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I To be honest, though, I, I got to say, it's um, the publishing part, I'm, it's still not traditionally published. I had I went that route a few times and then said, heck with it, I'm just going to do it myself. And that's sort of the great thing about the internet and this do-it-yourself world that right now yeah, it's Yeah, that's not, where everything's going these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not signed by a uh, traditional publisher. We're, we're in talks um, uh, in the UK, which I can't really say much about. Well, then let's but, not. <laughs> then let's not say much about it, Jim. All right, but yeah, but it is has me under a gag order. Double O Seven will show up at my door, but uh, no. But we, right now, it's I, I guess you'd say it's independently published. Mm-hmm. Which is that's the way to be, I think. Independent. So, Rod, you've got a couple of questions now for Sarah. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, one of the things with the champions and their powers, did you feel like they were a little general, or would you have preferred, you know, like almost like a mutant type thing? Like this is their power specifically, or did you like the ambiguity of some of their powers? Um, I read that question, and honestly, until you posted, it didn't really occur to me. It was just kind of like whatever the spoilers needed. Um, it was almost like it was evolving throughout the book, and perhaps as we go through different through the series, it'll evolve a little bit more. Um, I like the idea of spoilers kind of having like a general power, like all spoilers have this, but maybe there's some special ones here and there that have like an extra power. I like that idea of it. Cause I feel like if they're too, if they're too cool, then why can I hate them? You know, I need a reason <laughs> to want them to be dead. Okay. And then, yeah. uh, did you have a problem with, uh, Troy or even Jim or Parks killing spoilers, or did you just kind of view them as not quite human? They're not quite human, in my opinion. I mean, they're bad guys. They're vampires. It go- and starting the book with that whole 
um, scene with the girl. And, I mean, it just shows you how absolutely evil they are. So, based on most stories, they need to die. <laughs> they need to go. <laughs> they just need to they die. To I, go. I mean, I don't want... Just imagine, because when you're reading a book, I don't know if other people do this, but you talk, you kind of put yourself in in the book. So if I were going to be kidnapped by some spoilers and going to be stuck drive all of my special energy or whatever it is, like I'd want someone to not only save me, please, but also to kill the guy who kidnapped me because they deserve it. They deserve to die. Oh, wow. All right. It's black and white for me. Yes, you know, I killed him and they deserve to die. <laughs> No, what's well, that's, the line? That's good yes, to hear, that, that yes. was my, when I put in that scene with, with the little girl, I I really sort of w- almost took it out because I wrote it before I had kids. And then when I put out yeah. the 2009 beta version, I had one, no, I had two at that time. Yeah, I had two two little girls, still have two little girls. Um, so it, that, that was when I was really sort of compelled to, I don't know if I want this in here. Um and I, so when I did the 2009 beta version, I, I asked my readers, I used to do like a little chat at the, I think the end of each episode, uh, and I asked for feedback and people said, yeah, it was hard to, to read, but it's sort of necessary so we know that, it, that these spoilers are bad, not from a certain point of view or not that it's ambiguous or that they're bad. And if our heroes have to take them out, then we're not going to feel bad about it. Yeah, they're not just yeah, trying to get rich. They're, you know, they're not the evil trying to rule the world through money or anything like that. They're despicable people. Or but, you know, the other thing that I really liked about it, Jeff, was the fact that you made these champions kind of like it wasn't a predetermined destiny. They could make their choice. Like you could either be a champion or you could just go and be kind of a normal Joe Blow set of guy. Mm. Um, I don't think that's really a concept that's explored in a lot of places because usually it's like once you have these special powers or these secret powers or something you have no choice like you've got to save the world type of thing hmm. cool i'm glad you like that part of it yeah that isn't that is an interesting take on things because nine times out of ten the whole point of having powers is now we're going to go as sarah said save the world and uh and and it's an interesting concept to explore that there are people just around with powers that just didn't do anything with them you know went and cooked at a restaurant or something <laughs> are you are you saying that you made a choice years ago that you might regret? Me? Yeah. Um, at, at some point you had the opportunity to save the world and you decided to cook instead. Is that what you're saying? Rod, I'm willing to say that most of the choices in my life I regret. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and admit that. Uh, so, <laughs> problem well, with with Steve is that his his superpower was flying, and he's already told us that he doesn't think that's a very useful superpower. So what, it is when you're late for work. Yeah. What, now wait a minute. Who said that's not a useful superpower? You do. I remember you. One point you said you didn't think flying would be very good because one, it would be cold, be really windy, you wouldn't know where you're going, you need like a GPS the whole time. Yeah. Well, I would, but I was saying also, <laughs> but if you couple flight with the ability to weather all of those things, flight has to be coupled with the ability to handle high altitudes and such as. So you know. Or I guess you can just kind of and and two, there's the speed behind it. I want to be able to have the speed of you know with the flight, not just kind of floating along like noonie noonie noonie, put along at like thirty five miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, because then it's like, why am I just driving? He has the power of a helium filled balloon. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) He is a hot air balloon, and strangely enough, he looks like one floating (laughs) over the city. 
<laughs> All right. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for calling in. It's great to hear from you. Thank yeah, you thanks. so much, Steve. All right. Have a good night. All right, bye. See ya. Bye, bye, sir. All right. Well, uh, guys, man, good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks, everyone, for calling in. I'm going to have to, we got to wrap her up, guys. We're at the old 90-minute mark. Rod, you got anything else you want to bring to the table here? Actually, I, I did want to have one more question for Jeff because i, I got to be honest. I listen to this, and I listened at work, and there are times where somebody will come up and talk to me, and it drives me nuts because everybody out there knows I'm listening to a book. And don't come up and ask me what I'm doing after work because you're going to make me pause the book and I'm going to be upset about it. <laughs> but somebody asked me, so maybe this was answered and I just missed it. But I know that the uh, the spoilers get inter- draw energy. Do the uh, champions do also? There was one point in the book where it almost sounded like the champions get a little bit of strength from that as well. Um, or, did I, or did I misunderstand that part? Yeah, I, boy, um, I don't... They get The champions get... Uh, a reward, if you will. They get sort of a, a message after they kill a, a spoiler. So they, it's very quickening, like, um, you know. They, so, but that's, they don't really, I wouldn't, they wouldn't go out and kill spoilers for the power. They would kill them because it's the right, the right thing, thing to do. But do they um, get, like, a little bit of strength from that? Um, Maybe. Maybe a little bit, but it's more of just a feeling of um, of accomplishment. Hey, good job! Yeah, you, they got a gold the world star. Thanks you. The yeah. universe thanks you. They get a gold star. Yeah. Yeah. Smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I will like. And before uh, before I let you go, I wanted to say that I really like the uh, paperclip analogy. Like when you were talking about this paper world as a title, I was like, where does that come from? How does that? Where did that title come from? And then when you did the analogy of the paperclip and the three-dimensional, and this is how you view the world if you're looking straight at the paperclip. I really enjoyed that. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. That was um, a take on something that I think uh, my junior, my 11th grade philosophy teacher said. It, it wasn't quite that, but I took what he said and sort of twisted it a little bit, um, and that became the basis for Enough what a champion is. Enough that he doesn't get any royalties, correct? No, not at all. Not None. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> Mr. Vale, I'm sorry uh, if you're listening to this, but yeah, no, I'm not going to give <laughs> no you no money from me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much. You you uh, you put this book in the hands of a lot of Goliverse members, and that's just you know super cool of you to do, and and you know out of the goodness of your heart, and uh, and I know that you have to put up with some criticism here and there, and that's part of I guess creative being creative and putting yourself out there. You got it. That's right. Happens to and all of us. You know us. what? If everybody told me it was awesome and they didn't really mean it, then I wouldn't mean as much. So I, I appreciate all the constructive feedback. Um, you know, if, if it's not everybody's cup of tea, great. Maybe they'll try out some of my other books. But I want to thank um, you, Steve, and, and Rod, and, and Nicole um, for, for giving me this opportunity. It's been great. Uh, you know, obviously, I've been a listener to, to the Goaliverse since before it was the Goaliverse. And um, I just love sharing my work with anybody but this group in particular it's been great to share with well dylan's being a jerk as he uh as he's coming out of lisa leah real quick in the chat so i had to call dylan out uh because i love uh, my new hobby is going to be embarrassing dylan in the chat on the podcast um but uh elisa says you have any advice for would-be writers do i have advice for would-be writers yeah i would say um yeah just start writing um, yeah, everybody's got a little bit of a different process where they want to outline first or they want to do character profiles first or they want to, 
just let it flow. Um, whatever your process is, just start it. Don't, um, don't, you know, you got to activate. Don't think, well, I'm, like, I know someday I'm going to start that book or let me go take a few more writing classes. You know what? Just pull up a blank word document and go. That is your universe waiting to be created. And don't worry about publishing or how you're going to get it out there. You know, if it's going to become the next Harry Potter or whatever, yeah. just write, write for you. And then, you know, if you can find a way to share it, then do that too, because that's the best reward. When you get people reading your work and telling you about your characters coming back at you, I mean, hearing you guys talk about Park and Reggie and Jim and, and Troy, I mean, that's, it, it's so amazing to me because I, these are people from my head and you guys know them now. You know, it's it, as Stephen King calls it a form of telepathy. I've, I've accomplished that and that's great. And you know what? It, who knows what happens to your writing? I, I know I've been blessed with uh, some great people that are taking my work to the next level. I've got, if you go on YouTube, you'll see a, a literary trailer uh, for this paper world. So you get to see Jim and a spoiler in action and uh, Park talking to Jim. To see my characters come to life on screen was amazing. Uh, and one way, my second novel, my time travel novel, uh, is actually in pre-production. Uh, right now they're doing rehearsals. And uh, they're going to start filming this October over in uh, England. So, those are the those are amazing rewards wow. that I hope every writer gets a, a, some version of. But um, you know what? Don't worry about any of that. Just start writing. Is Zach e is Zach Efron involved in that in any way? I cannot say. Okay. I can't, well, uh, sorry, Wendy. <laughs> sorry, Wendy. <laughs> I can tell you the uh, in UK for the for one way uh, the Kellogg's. I can't remember the name of the commercial, but there's. Um, you know how we have, you know, there's certain characters that show up in commercials over and over again, like the State Farm guy. Or yeah, the, yeah. So there's a Kellogg's commercial that's out in the UK, and the lead character of One Way is the Kellogg's guy in, in the UK. So that's pretty cool. Well, there it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, Jeff, thank you for being a part of this, man, and, and thanks for coming on. Where can people find this if they haven't read it yet uh, or listen to the podcast? Uh, you can find it anywhere. All the the ebook is available at basically any ebook outlet. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, the iTunes Bookstore, uh, Smashwords. The podcast version is available on iTunes. It's available on Podio Books, uh, the LibriVox app, uh, TuneIn Radio, and uh, also on my website JeffLaneAudiobooks.com. Or um, there's uh, if you pull up uh, Google or Bing or Yahoo or Alta Vista, uh, put in my name and and novel and you'll probably find me um and and your twitter handle is at writer jeff lane yeah that's my personal account that i oh I well never mind don't more... we will <laughs> no be... no I, that's if we're beeping want... that out <laughs> beeping that no. out edit <laughs> <laughs> no no that that's a good one to follow that's the one where i'm a little bit more geeky and talk about star wars and doctor who and stuff like that um and then i have a promotional account which is world of jeff lane which is just more me hawking my book. Oh, well. <laughs> Have fun with at Ryder Jeff Lane or at World of Jeff Lane if you want to step into that world. Heck, so, follow them both. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us, man. And, yeah, thank you, uh, Jeff, very and, much. And we'll oh, thank you, guys. And I know we'll see you around the Goliverse, sir. You bet. You All right. bet. See you, man. Have a good night. Thanks. And uh, we thank Jeff Lane for, for coming on. Rod, you, you really put this thing together once again. I don't really feel like I do that much. 
Rod, you're the father of the of of the Goliverse book club. I, I know, and I'm, I'm a reluctant father of it. But it's I like guess. it's like your it's like yours and Nicole's uh, illegitimate child. Yeah, and I'm I'm disappointed Nicole couldn't make it tonight. I I was tweeting at her earlier this week, and she thought she was going to be able to make it, and then she signed up for overtime. So apparently, she feels like she needs to save up. My birthday's coming up in about. You've got four or five months, Nicole. How dare you make money, Nicole? How dare you go to work and make money? I know. Like I'm, like, like I'm one to talk. Yeah, yeah. Rod, Rod's painting houses in the ghetto. Uh, so. it, it started getting dark last night, and I packed up in a hurry. I was like, time to go. <laughs> Roll them up. Stack those ladders, chain them to that fence, and throw everything in the car. Let's get out of here. Uh, roll them up. Yep, there. <laughs> look at all this. Look at all the urban blight, kids. Look at all the blight. <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been a great neighborhood down there. There's some bad things going on in that neighborhood. Uh, well, anyhow, will you be safe as you're painting, sir? Yeah, try not to fall off a ladder or eat too many of these. I found out it's lead paint that I'm sanding. So That's right. Yeah, you know, Lord, that'd be horrible. That'd be it's horrible. Not, it's not fun. It's not yeah. fun. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, Rod, it's always fun. I know that you want to uh, have a discussion at some point about the X-Men. Oh, and, I finally saw the Avengers today. Yeah? How'd you like oh. it? I liked it a lot. And and Marvel, why are you not doing a Black Widow? I just do not understand I, that. She's such a good character, and, and they've got her pegged so well. You, you'd you have no hard time at all doing that character. Just well, a, I, said, I said it on Twitter earlier today. Scarlett Johansson, and I'm not the like I'm not one of those, she's the hottest woman on the planet. Right. She's, she's attractive. But she is Black Widow like Jason Bourne is Mad Damon. Or, yeah. I guess, Reverse that, but yeah, or or like uh, Hugh Jackman has been Wolverine for fifteen years. Yeah, it's like you know, she nails this character. Why are you yep. not letting her do a movie? Yep, it's uh, it's wild. I don't I don't get it. You know, obviously they have big plans for the overall universe, and she'll be in Cap again in in Winter Soldier, or I mean in uh, Civil War. So, um, and you never know what might happen. You know, if there's enough outcry and enough desire to see it. Uh, you, you never know what may happen, but I do think she could carry her own movie. It's an adventure I'd like to see her go on, you know, a spy movie kind of thing. Oh, um, we're, amazing. we're getting the street level characters on Netflix. You know, you never know what you might get with the old Black Widow coming up. So just keep letting your voice be heard. Well, Rod, uh, thank you so much, sir, as always, for doing what you do and, uh, and doing this thing and heading it up. Everyone can follow Rod at uh, on Twitter at Rod underscore B underscore Johnson. And you'll be guaranteed to have uh, strings and strings of tweets in your yeah. Twitter feed. That yeah, uh, if you want a Twitter conversation, send me a tweet. Don't <laughs> <laughs> get you on one. If you want a Twitter conversation, just at reply me, and it's on. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm gonna be blocked. Under <laughs> Rod underscore B underscore Johnson, bald headed Rod, man. Uh, good times. And if you do want a Twitter conversation, you just get up in touch with him and he'll definitely, uh, he'll definitely hook you up with that. You can also follow, uh, myself and geek out loud at geek out loud at Steve Glosson. And for everything that's going on in the Goliverse at Goliverse there, uh, on Twitter, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash geek out loud. The email, we'd love to hear from you. Geek out online at gmail.com geek out online at gmail.com don't forget on may 26th 
We're doing a live Revenge of the Sith anniversary special, uh, Pass the Corn. Revenge of the Sith anniversary special. Eric Schoenweiss will be here, and we're going to be doing call-ins, recalling and recounting your thoughts and feelings and experiences with Revenge of the Sith back in May of 2005. Ten years ago, man, Revenge of the Sith hit theaters, and uh, we thought it was all over. And here we are in the midst of all kinds of Star Wars craziness that I'm loving life about. Uh, uh, are you are you ready to carry this next episode? I mean, this is... <laughs> you got to be pretty excited. I'm I'm really stoked. When Eric mentioned it to me, I'm like, yes, let's do it. So, uh, also um, head over to geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com. Use the Amazon links to your Amazon shop, and as we said, it helps the shows out tremendously. At geekoutonline.com, there's that Entertainment Earth banner uh, for all of your collectibles. Uh, head over there; they've got all kinds of stuff at Entertainment Earth. Uh, and don't forget, 30 day free trial of Audible.com. AudibleTrial.com slash geekout. AudibleTrial.com slash geekout. So for the one person who's never had an Audible trial before. And get on that. Here's seriously. your chance. Yeah. AudibleTrial.com slash geekout. And we appreciate their sponsorship of Geek Out Loud. That's going to do it for us uh, until next time. Rod, as always, thank you. Thanks to Jeff Lane. Thanks to everyone who called in, emailed in. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. We'll see you.